when women are empowered, communities change. So that means the lives of children change. It means the fabric of our society changes. Every institution improves and gets healthier. Well, hello there and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I'm your host, Sam Hind, and I have been hanging out to record this episode for you, our amazing listeners, for literally years. This episode is one that many of you have been asking for, we've been promising, and uh, I know that this is going to come at the perfect time for many of you. Today, I get to introduce you to an incredibly special guest, but also a very, very special friend, somebody who literally, um, I would say, changed the trajectory of our marriage, uh, but also our business through better understanding ourselves. Today, I get to introduce you to the incredible Sharon O'Neill. Sharon O'Neill is an Enneagram coach, a pastor, a grandmother, a dedicated wife, social worker, and advocate for human rights, women, and women empowerment. And today, you get to hear from this incredible woman who's been such an important part of our lives and has been so supportive of our journey. I've been speaking to Sharon about doing this episode for a very long time, and today was the day that we got to record this episode for you, where we talked all about understanding ourselves better through the Enneagram personality assessment tool. Now, Sharon's going to explain uh, in depth a little bit more about what this tool is and how you can better understand yourself and those around you by using it. She's going to talk about the nine different Enneagram types. I know you will find this a fascinating episode, but can I just encourage you, open your ears, your hearts up, listen in, because there is so much to be gained from understanding ourselves better and how we interact with the world. But I just want to throw it out there. This tool has helped us to have more love and grace for ourselves and more understanding about how we interact with each other and with the world. And I know that this is going to be really powerful for you as well. So with no further ado, I'm going to turn over now to the episode uh, and I really hope you enjoy this. So open up your hearts, listen on in, and I'm sure you're in the right place at the right time today if you are listening into this episode. Don't forget, if this one's been really powerful for you, please share it with somebody who you think might also gain from this. And don't forget to subscribe. We do have some wonderful show notes in here as well with some helpful links along the way. So that's it from me. I'm going to hand over now and introduce you to the beautiful and amazing Sharon O'Neill. Hello there and welcome back in to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I'm not only joined today by a very special guest, but she's actually in the room with me, which is crazy. This never happens. So welcome on in, Sharon. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Uh, I'm excited to be here too. And it's nice to be able to do it um, live, I think, with us sitting side yes. by side. <laughs> it is. And this this particular topic, like we get to talk about social media and business and all of those things, which are great. But this particular topic, we've I've been talking to you about having this conversation for literally a couple of years. And I am so excited to finally be able to 
have this conversation on the podcast. I know many, many, many of our listeners have been hanging out for us to talk about the Enneagram. They've heard Greg and I talk about it. Mm -hmm. So what we've actually done is we've pulled in the very person who introduced us to the Enneagram (laughs) um, and, you know, the best, uh, I guess, most knowledgeable person I know around this to talk to all of you guys about it. So I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, I'm excited too because I love talking about the Enneagram because I just think it's just such a powerful tool. It's just um, one of those tools that just helps you grow and you have all these aha moments and you kind of go, oh, that's why I think that, feel that, do that. Oh, that's why they do that. And it just, I think... If everyone on the planet did the Enneagram, I think there'd be a lot more compassion and empathy. Oh, I totally agree. And I think to so much more self-understanding yeah. but also self-grace, Yeah. Um, which we'll get to all of that. But maybe before we talk about the Enneagram, yeah. you're a very, very dear friend and, you know, I, Greg and I have had the honour of, you know, getting to know you over many years. In fact, I feel like it would have to be, I'm just trying to think back to how long I've, we've known each other for. Uh, what have been when <clears throat> you had your last baby? Well, that was 11 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> that was a little while ago. It was over a decade. Um, yeah. And you've been such a special part of our lives, even through, you know, our, our marriage and our working together. And, you know, we've got to really get to know you. And uh, I love what you do and I love the passion that you have, particularly for women, I mean, you love men too, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the the thing is that you're so passionate about, you know, marriage and, uh, you know, women and women in business and, you know, women empowerment and all of those amazing yeah. things. Do you want to just share a little bit with our listeners about you and your journey and, and I guess how you came to be in the position where you said, you know what, I like the Enneagrams are a really important part of this whole process. Yeah, sure. So I, I um, trained as a social worker and I loved um, I loved training. I loved being a social worker. Um, I love justice um, and I get really upset when there's an injustice or when there's inequity. So that's partly why I'm so for women. Also, I, I also know that when we empower women and women get into positions of leadership, whether that be in business or community or on boards or in churches or whatever, the whole community changes. So it's just a different, totally different dynamic. And so over the years I've constantly looked for tools that will do anything that will boost um, women's self-awareness, their confidence, and also their ability to grow because often we feel that shame, don't we? Mm. And we feel like this is who we are. And and there are parts of us, I think women are very aware of parts of themselves that they don't like or that they aren't comfortable with and often we don't realise those parts can also be a strength. Mm. Yeah. And they're a weapon, but they can also be tempered and they can be grown and they can be matured. So anything that will empower women, because I just know that when women are empowered, communities change. So that means mm. the lives of children change. It yeah. means the fabric of our society changes. Every institution improves and gets healthier. So I'm pretty passionate in that space. Yeah. Um, I'm also a pastor, so I love that spiritual dynamic. Um uh, um, I felt that social work and justice wasn't enough. I needed that spiritual component, mm. so that's why I'm a pastor. And um, um, and I love uh, social justice, so I love advocating where I see inequity happening. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you certainly do that with so much courage and, and power as well. And uh, it's called menopause. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it gets to a stage in life where you just go, I'm done. I'm done pussyfooting. <laughs> I've got it. I was actually having a little bit of a laugh with great. You, you, where, look, this is a safe zone today. Like this is a women <laughs> conversation, right? So men, if you're listening, it's okay for you to be tuning yeah, we in. We love you. We love you, but just, you know, FYI. <laughs> I was having a conversation with Greg early on in my pregnancy. By the way, if you hear any squelching going on here, it is not me passing wind. <laughs> I'm sitting on a fit ball right now, which is making some funky noises in the background. But early on in my pregnancy, I said to Greg, it's just occurred to me that I think uh, being a woman is unfair. And he yes. said, um, what are you talking about? I said, well, let's put it this way. <laughs> when you become a teenager, you 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 go into puberty and then you know suddenly you're having a period every month and and that's painful and frustrating then when you become an adult and you get married you then have you know you fall pregnant and you have to go through this period of pregnancy and and whilst that's all lovely it's it's got its it's cons as well you know your whole body gets taken over then you go through childbirth and then when you feel like that season is over you go through menopause I said that should be for the man it even says it at the start menopause it's not fair what do you guys go through anyway <laughs> he had all sorts of arguments and I thought I can't believe you're arguing with me over this and I was telling a few female friends and they were laughing their heads off yeah, thinking yeah. that is hilarious that he tried to argue that point <laughs> that no men have got equal challenges when it comes to physical um, uh, issues. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> it's so, very different, isn't it? It's very, very different. Yeah. I said, I feel like our body is on the line and our hormones are on the line for our entire lives. And yeah. and you guys just, you know, play golf and yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which yeah. we talked about before. But look, it is a really interesting process. Um, I guess, you know, to, to switch that subject just a little yeah, yeah. to the Enneagram, because one of the things and the reasons that we came into contact with you about this was because, you know, Greg and I are on our second marriage and, you know, being in business together and being married and having that, that past history and baggage all creates a lot of challenge. And so in those early, um, days of marriage, we came to you and, and we wanted to, talk through a lot of that so that we could be stronger in business and in marriage and as parents and all of those things. And you actually introduced us to the Enneagram at that yeah. time. And one of the things that we didn't realise was that we all interact in such different ways and we often see the things that make us different and that challenge uh, each other as and you just said before, you know, as inadequacies or things that are wrong with us. Yeah. But it's really interesting. Um, this process that you're going to talk about today helped us learn so much more about ourselves yeah. and how we interact with the world and also our loved ones and how they interact with the world so that there was more grace and understanding. Totally. Um, how would you best explain the Enneagram for someone who hasn't heard of it before and doesn't really know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> so it's just a tool. It's just a personality tool that just helps you um, discover who you are. So we're all kind of in a box. None of us like that concept of being in a box, but we are in a box. And then it helps you understand the box that you're in, but it also gives you understanding and tools of how to get out of the box, how to grow, how to change, mm -hmm. how to soften, how to 
how to um, move towards other people, but it also helps you understand the box that other people are in, yeah. which is where the compassion happens. So it's just a, it's a self-discovery tool. And I also think it's a great transformation tool. So it's a tool that enables you to actually um, change. Yeah. And often that's the part where we all get stuck because we, we don't know how to change and we, we stick yeah. at that, um, you know, you might go to counseling and they might say, Oh, you know, you've got to have coffee with one another more regularly or, you know, you've got to make eye contact, but it doesn't deal with the nitty gritty of what's going on, on underneath, mm. um, like a duck paddling under, under the water. And once you start to become aware of some of those motivations or fears mm. or, um, uh, worries or concerns, then you kind of know what's triggering you in certain situations and you kind mm. of go, oh, I'm actually feeling stressed here right now. Yep. You hear yourself powering up or you hear yourself withdrawing and, and all of a sudden you can kind of go, oh, something's happening here. And then you can ask those deeper questions of what's happening and then you can make adjustments and yep. you can apologise to one another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I find it it helps you run faster towards forgiveness and reconciliation. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think the the interesting thing I found about doing the Enneagram was first it helped me understand so much more about why I behaved in certain ways in certain yeah. situations. And the funny thing about it was many of the things that it helped me realise were the very things I disliked most about myself because over the years, they were the things that would trigger and challenge other people. And so I, I then decided these are bad things about me and mm. you start squashing them or, or hating them. Yeah. And, of course, it's like you, you're squashing part of who you are yeah. and it, it, it doesn't go away. You can't erase it. Mm. And so then you start to become resentful of yourself and hate yourself because you think there's something within me that, that's wrong with me that challenges other people. But in actual fact, once you've done this process and you realise that's actually a part of who I am and it doesn't mm. mean that I need to walk around challenging everyone, but it does mean that I need to maybe have some more awareness around and grace and love and acceptance for that part of me, but also recognise the part of other people that gets challenged by that as well. And, you know, after doing this work with you, and we'll talk about the Enneagram types shortly, but one of the things that I became really fascinated by was actually starting to observe and, and trying to understand better what Enneagram type other people were so I could see how I was yeah. interacting and better connect with those people. Yeah. Um, and it certainly changed our marriage, that's for sure. And there are things that we can now see in each other, you know, in advance. So yeah. I know if I behave this way, it's <laughs> going to result in Greg behaving this way and I can see in advance what almost what's going to unravel therefore okay do I need to just adjust this slightly or my approach slightly but also he can do the same thing and go okay I can see why Sam's doing that now and and that's you know something as well to have some love and grace for and and adjust his response so really powerful uh, yeah because yeah. what it does is it it challenges shame and shame is I think one of the most um destructive emotions that we can have because mm -hmm. it forces us to hide and so when you have language that can help you it means that um you can embrace the strength of who you are you can have a laugh about who you are yeah but it just means that shame's no longer a part of the conversation yeah 
Um, and so things don't stay hidden and you can actually have conversations. So you can have conversations mm. with colleagues, you can have conversations with your partner. Yeah. So everything just comes out into the open. So then we're working in that space that Brené Brown talks about um, in terms of vulnerability. Mm. So we can be vulnerable, we can be ourselves, we can be confident in that space because shame's, shame's gone. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the other thing too with that is once you understand better where you sit, um, it also allowed me to connect with some other individuals who, you know, and and we've got a, you know, a mutual friend who is the same Enneagram type as me. And I've known her for many years, but I didn't realize the reason we, we click and challenge each other so much because it goes both ways is because we're actually exactly the same Enneagram type. And so one of the funny things about that is, I know when I'm having a particular challenge and I, I recognize that my, um, you know, that, that part of me comes out, um, that I can actually call her and say, here's what I'm battling with. Here's how I want to respond. I'm not sure that that is going to be the best way to handle this. What would you do? What have you done in similar situations? And it allows you to connect with other people as well in a different way because you're looking at it from the perspective of this is who I am. And I love that part of me now. I'm learning to love that part of me now. I have some grace for it, but I also recognize I can't ignore it. You know, I can't just push it to the side and say it doesn't exist and I don't want it there, but it is, you know, a a choice you can now make of, of how you're going to respond to the world and also how you're going to interact with your kids, your partner, your friends, knowing those things about yourself. Mm. And that's a really powerful step too to find people who are the same on the Enneagram as mm. yourself and have that conversation because you guys know each other, understand, yes. in a way that I even as an Enneagram coach wouldn't understand. Yes. Um, and so, <clears throat> so just that peer-to-peer yeah, uh, knowledge and mentoring, coaching is just really powerful. Well, it also allows you to laugh about it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. You know, we can. You know, I'm I'm an Enneagram Type Eight, and we're going to talk about these shortly. But I can call this person um, and say, "Hey, uh, my eight's coming out right now," yeah. and she'll laugh and she'll go, "Yep, totally hear you. Okay, been in that position. Yeah. Uh, here are a couple of things I would suggest, or yeah. here's what I did. Wouldn't do it that way again. Here's yeah. maybe what you could try." And so it's a a way of lightening the load a little bit and going, "I'm not alone in this. Yeah. You know, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. It's just that's who I am, and yeah. and that's a, a special part of what makes me." And this is the thing you, I'm sure you'll talk about, Sharon, is that there's two sides. Yes. It's, there's the two sides to your Enneagram type and there's, you know, that healthy side and that unhealthy side, but it's recognizing as well that there is incredible positives and benefits to every Enneagram type. And so instead of looking at yourself and going, this part of me is something I dislike, um, because it challenges people, it's also partly what makes you so powerful as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So I think we should probably talk about what the yeah. – so there are nine Enneagram types, right? There are, and it's in a wheel. So if you um, uh, Google it, you'll see the image. It'll come up so it's in a wheel. So you've got your eight, nines, and ones, and they're in what we call the gut triad. So those personalities, the eight, nines, and ones, if you listen to them closely enough, they'll say, my gut's telling me to do this, my gut, oh, I'm just not sure about that. I just doesn't sit comfortably with my gut. So mm-hmm. they're very gut 
She's nodding. <laughs> She's saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said that four or five times today and possibly already in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So your eights are your um, challenges. So they have the most amount of energy of all the Enneagram types. Oh, you know, they're just real power um, people. They can just get in and get things done. They're, they're people who who have a very strong social justice part to them. They they want to protect. So, for example, Mother Teresa was probably an eight. I mean, we don't know um, because she's not around to ask. Um, but when you look at the culture um, and the time in history when she was trying to do the compassion work and the fact that she was a Christian nun in a Hindu culture, in a very patriarchal culture, um, I, I can't see any other Enneagram type being able to um, have the resolve, the big picture. Often eights are really big picture visionary kind of people. Um, when they see something, they go out and they go out hard after it. And if they see some, uh, mistreatment, they will just protect. Their, their big struggle is they struggle to be vulnerable. So whilst they can protect other people, actually being vulnerable about their own feelings can be really difficult. So, for example, um, it might be that you have a daughter who um, loses a, a child. As an Enneagram 8, you can become very protective of that child and want to look after that child and do everything for that child. But in the process, you can forget to say, I'm really sad because I lost my child. I lost mm. my grandchild or I lost and it really hurts and, and it can be hard to know, well, what do I do with those feelings? What do I do with that discomfort? So mm. it can be hard to be to be vulnerable as an eight. Yeah. But the gift that they bring is just this um, big picture, big vision, power, energy, uh, protection. One of the um, youth services here in our, in our small little regional area, it, it's headed by an Enneagram 8, and look what he's doing with kids that are engaged with the justice system. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody else, any other personality type that could initiate what he's initiating so mm. it's so cool and then in that triad also you've got the nine who's the peacemaker so they're the people who are, are, are very laid back are very <coughs> earthy um they sit at the top of the enneagram and they can kind of see everybody's viewpoint and that's their gift that's their um they can sit in a meeting and they can kind of go oh yeah i agree with that viewpoint or oh, yeah, I can agree with that totally opposing viewpoint. You can see all the sides. Um, And um, they're they're really good at building connection and peace and harmony and people often feel safe when they're around a nine. They'll feel like, you know, they're comfortable. Um, One of the complexities with an Enneagram nine is is that they can just merge with everybody else's personality Mm -hmm. and so you don't really know what they really think or what they really want because it can be hard for them to actually save for themselves what they want. So, for example, I've got um, a couple of Enneagram 9s in my family. So even if it comes down to I will never ask them, um, where do you want to go out for a meal on, say, Friday night, I'll sort of say, do you want Thai or do you want Chinese? And then they'll they'll tell me, whereas if I just have this broad question, uh, what do you feel like? in terms of takeaway or, you know, going out, so they wouldn't be able to tell me. They'll go, oh, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then your ones on, on in that gut triad, they're your perfectionists. They're the people who 
want to make sure that everything's done well. They're the reformers. They want to make sure our systems and our processes in government or in schools or they want to make sure that everything's done with integrity, that it's mm-hmm. right, that it's good, that um, it's truthful. Um, um, and if you're going to do a job, don't do it more than once. Just do it once and do it really, really, really well. So the problem with the ones is, is is that they've got this inner critic that just goes on and on and on from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, which is always telling them that they're not measuring up or mm. that they're not good enough mm-hmm. um, or they haven't somehow done the right thing, they haven't had enough integrity. So they've got that inner critic thing. And I've found with most ones, once they've understood that, it's not a mental health issue that it's just their personality, yeah. the freedom and the relief. Mm. It's just been amazing. Yeah. So they're the ones that are in the gut triad. Yep. And then in the feeling triad, we've got the twos, the threes and the fours. So these are the kinds of people. So I, I, I'm a two. Um, so you'll often hear me say, I feel this, I feel that, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. <laughs> So the twos, threes, and fours are very in tune with their feelings. So your twos are your caregivers. So we're the ones that are in, are intuitive, pick up in a room exactly where everybody's at. We know who's in distress, who's not in distress. They don't even have to tell us their story. You can pick it up. You can almost read the story just from people's um, body. Um, so, so we're really good at caring for people. We're really good at nurturing. Um, our parenting style would be a very nurturing parenting style. The problem is, is, is that we can get, um, we can, we can self forget to look after our own feelings and our own needs because mm-hmm. we're looking at getting them met through other people because we can't quite believe that anybody would want to love us just for who we are. Mm-hmm. So we can get a little bit manipulative mm-hmm. in trying to get our, our needs met. Um, and we can, um, uh, go for such a long stretch of time sacrificing and putting everybody else's needs and then all of a sudden we'll blow up because we've been pushed too far. Yeah. Um, uh, your threes are your um, achievers. Um, yeah. You know what that's like. I do. So Greg's a three. <laughs> yeah, your competitive achievers. Uh, they're just phenomenal. Like they're just workhorses, aren't they? Like their ability to multitask is like no other. You know, they can have all these plates just spinning. They're also masters at communication, so they can walk into a room. So, um, and whoever the crowd is, if it was the King of England, they would know how to communicate. If they yeah. were in a slum in India, they would know how to communicate. They can just, they're a chameleon. I was going to say, change. the chameleon was the word that you used to describe, yeah. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they can just change. Um, and their communication, they're amazing storytellers, just amazing, amazing um, mm-hmm. communicators. Um, and lots and lots of energy um, and the ability to put a lot of stuff on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um the, the, the problem with them is is that because they are a chameleon, sometimes you don't know whether they're actually being truthful, so yeah. whether they're being true to self or whether they're just putting on an act. Um, and the other thing is they're so driven by productivity and efficiency um, that they just have to win, they have to be successful. Mm. So they can really work themselves into the ground. Um, burnout can be a really big issue for them. And they'll often put the success markers, say, before family or yeah. relationships. 
And then your fours are your creatives. So they're the highly creative kind of people. Often a lot of our poets, musicians, artists are all fours. So they have these, they're very comfortable with big feelings. They can um, have huge, huge depth of feeling. Um, And they're marvellous. Like if somebody's um, in a grief situation or going through something really hard, they're really comfortable sitting with um, really dark emotions. They're, they're comfortable with that. They think that that's real. Um, authenticity is a big thing for them. So being authentic in your feelings, being authentic is huge for them. Mm-hmm. And if they sense anything that's inauthentic, they'll kind of kind of run away. The problem is, is, is that they, because they think that they're um, different, they think that they're special. <laughs> So that can be a bit much at times. We have, we have one of our children is a four. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it's a, definitely a, an I'm unique style personality. That's yeah, sure. and they kind of do this push-pull thing <laughs> yeah. in their relationships. They'll push, they'll, they'll kind of disappear and they'll, because they want you to chase, chase yes. after them. <laughs> uh, and then next minute they'll be in your face sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Very interesting. Uh, but the, look, you know, um, we wouldn't have the poems and the music and the art without yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and some of the best counsellors are fours because they can sit comfortably with those big emotions. Yeah. One of my best friends is a counsellor. She's a four able to sit in those big emotions because mm. she's experiencing them all the time. Yep. <laughs> um, and then your five, sixes and your sevens are in your thinking triad. So everything's in the brain for these guys. So they're thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. So your fives are your um, quiet achievers. So they're the ones who sit and observe life um, and they they watch life and then they collate all that information and then they kind of, create oh often our fives are our greatest pioneers i think bill gates was a um a five they that because they sit there and they observe and then they kind of go we surely could do this better mm-hmm. and more um efficient so they're they're quiet they're often introverts um they process information um but they can also because of that they see that there's this scarcity of resource so they can withhold their emotions withhold information um so you can sometimes feel like you don't quite know them um and then and they also tend to compartmentalize mm-hmm. and then you've got your sixes um and your sixes are your loyalists like they're just amazing team players they're loyal they're friendly they're uh, relationship people, um, they build great teams, are great team players, um, but they're also fearful. Um, so they're highly fearful. So during COVID, they would have been the one that would have had 10 bottles of um, um, sanitizer in their bags and probably another 20 face masks. So there was enough for themselves and everybody else around them. They would have been the ones that would have been making sure that all the systems and processes were keeping everybody safe. Mm-hmm. So they want to make sure that everything and everyone is safe, um, and well looked after. Um, and then your sevens are your, oh, they're just enthusiastic visionaries. Like they just have this, joy in life they love they're adventurous they're playful um they can turn a negative into a positive in two seconds flat um they're big picture they process they systemize things um 
yeah, they're just incredible visionary kind of people. Some of the most creative things that are happening on the planet, again, would be because of a seven. Um, the downside for them is that sometimes they all they want to do is play um, rather than face some of those negative things that happen in life and to be real, to be authentic and to actually face um, that there might be some hard work to do um, as well. So that's... That's it in a, a very fast nutshell. Yeah. And so <clears throat> let's just uh, quickly talk about the fact that so you've got nine there. Mm -hmm. um, some people might be saying, okay, well, I, you know, there's probably lots of questions that's brought up and I'm, you know, we'll go through some of those in a moment. But, you know, one of the things that people might be wondering is, well, what if I can see myself in several of those? Because mm -hmm. you've got one that dominates, but you also have wings, right? You have wings. So on either side of your number, so you're an eight, so you can lean into a seven or a one, uh, a nine, and there'd be one of those wings that you would more naturally lean towards. Mm. Some say you you only lean in one direction, but I kind of go the wing, yes. There's probably one that you more predominantly lean mm. towards, but they're both there to be helpful. Yeah. But then you also have what we call stretch and release lines. So um, you have. Um, Line a line that goes to another number. So, for example, as a two, I have a line that goes to a four. So that's really helpful um, for me. So when I'm when I'm feeling really good, I'll get really creative. Yeah. Um, but then when I'm stressed, I'll go to the low side of an eight and I'll come out firing. So that's why yep. as a two, you know, when you when you've given too much, you'll mm. come out exploding just like an eight yep. can explode because you've gone to the low side yep. of an eight. So we all have different lines, mm -hmm. stretch and release lines that we go to. And that's that healthy, unhealthy version of yourself, right, and recognising, oh, okay, I've gone to this part of my personality yeah. here. Um, so can you just explain, Sharon, how the Enneagram is different to other personality tests? Because there are so many out there. You've got, uh, I mean, look, so many like yeah. people will um say to me is it like the strengths finder yeah. is it like disc profiling can you kind of i guess um clarify the difference within yeah. enneagram yeah so i've used all those myers briggs strength finder <clears throat> disc they're all helpful and they all have a place the thing that i like about the enneagram is 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 that the enneagram has so many layers <laughs> so there's so many ways in which to understand yourself. So once you start um, exploring, uh, you you just all of a sudden figure out. Um, so so as an enneagram two, um, my um, vice, if you want to put it that way, is um, pride. So how does that work? So that works in that I find it really hard to ask for help. So I find it very difficult to ask for help. And then if I do <laughs> ask for help and it's not given, it's like for me that's a major trusting and I mm. kind of go, well, I will never trust that person again because <laughs> it took me a lot to ask for help and then they didn't come through. So it was a double whammy. So once you start to begin to understand that, you can kind of go, well, that's a bit silly, isn't it? <laughs> like in the that, real world, yeah. that's a bit silly to not yeah. ask for, <laughs> I actually need help here. And then if they didn't come through, I can either choose to, oh, well, just cover over or I can go and have a conversation with them and say, hey, which I would probably do if it was my husband or my kids, I'd probably, or a close friend, I would probably go and say, hey, 
as an Enneagram too, it mm. took a lot for me to actually ask for help mm. and you didn't come through. You didn't come through in what you promised. So this is the impact that it had. So yeah. therefore trust has actually eroded in our relationship. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want us to have a great relationship. <laughs> and I don't want to have to talk about you behind your back or gossip <laughs> about you or whinge about you. So I'm having a, I'm a mature conversation. Yeah. Can we work on this? And yeah. so all of a sudden, then it opens up a whole new depth of relationship. Yeah. That you got with that person, you go to another level. Yeah, it really does. And it, you know, it's an interesting thing because now, uh, you know, through doing this together with Greg, um, you know, one of the things that, that Greg and I really struggled with, me being an eight, there's obviously that fiery side yeah. of an eight, which, can come out as passion and conviction that, that this is wrong, that sense of justice, but also as anger. And there are two, you know, there's, there's both sides of that. And up until doing this exercise and learning more about this, um, I just, I guess I'd started to learn that this was just a negative thing, this fieriness. But what I actually learned was that there is a really important part to that, which mm -hmm. is that passion that, you know, other Enneagram types won't necessarily step up and do what's got to get done to be passionate about mm. a particular mm. issue or, you know, you've when you've got a vision to fight for it against all odds, mm. you know, no matter what comes against you. But then the difficult side of that is that that passion can get read as anger because it's quite intense. So Greg, up until we did this exercise, used to get cross with me all the time. Oh, hurt, or didn't he? He was, he was really quite hurt because he thought I was always yelling at him. He thought I was getting really angry at everything. But to me, and my argument was, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just really passionate. <laughs> and he didn't, we couldn't understand why there was this, cause he's that feeling person and I'm that gut person. So I'd be like, in my gut, it just doesn't feel right. And it's, it's wrong. And it's, uh, and Greg would be coming in going, I'm feeling like you're yelling at me. Stop yelling yeah. at me. And it was now it's that, oh, that's the eight coming out. And, yeah. and it's that, okay. And so now we can talk about it in the sense that I'll go, okay, my sense of justice is rising to the top here. Yeah. And I'll actually use those words. I'll say justice is coming out. Can we just, can, can I, um, bounce off you for a sec because and then he'll go okay cool she's going to get fiery and passionate for a minute but it's not directed at me it's no. he understands that better but also there's that understanding that actually you know I'm upset about something and I'm in a mm. difficult position at the moment and I've got to be very careful because I'm going to be read by a lot of people right now as being angry which will probably be correct and I need to tone it back and be aware that not everyone feels that same way and it's going to have a different impact on different Enneagram types. Because as Nate, when you're, when you're doing that anger thing, you're actually looking for intimacy. So yeah, for it's you, connection for, thing. For you, for you, it's not that you're wanting to disengage with the other person. No. You're actually <laughs> wanting to go deeper with the other person. And, yeah. and it's actually a way in which you're, you're expressing your vulnerability. Yeah. It's like that, that in itself is actually a really funny conversation when you look at it after the fact. Cause often, uh, you know, for Greg and I, a disagreement will look something like me getting really fiery and Greg's going, stop pushing me away. And I'm going, I want to connect with you. <laughs> and he's going, but you're so angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yes, because I want to connect. And you can start to see that in the behavior of other people who have got a similar personality type too, because um, you, you go, why, why are they so angry with everybody? And, and we've got one of our kids that I struggle with the most, who I suspect is an eight, who is very much the same way. And of course, you put fire with fire, that can become yeah. quite challenging. 
but you know, I was talking to some twos recently. I we uh, interestingly enough, um, uh, we've got all twos that work for us. Okay. And uh, every staff member we've hired <laughs> somehow has always been a two. Yeah. And uh, I was talking really good at sales. At sales. Well, interestingly, they're also very, very good at customer service, which is why yes, I think they end definitely. up in that place because they're such, uh, you know, um, you know, connected personalities. Yeah. But this particular person had recently got married and had married another two. Ah, and she was telling me about this hike they went on and how during this hike they kept asking each other, they had gone quiet, they kept asking each other, are you okay and are you okay and are you okay? And by the time they got to the halfway through this hike and these two had actually done the Enneagram before, so they already knew what this was. And they were so in tune to the fact that the other person was feeling a little off, but what they didn't understand was that the reason the other person felt off was because they were worried about this person and then worried about, so they were simultaneously worrying about each other, (laughs) which was creating this scenario where they were both becoming quite down and depressed during this hike for no apparent reason other than they were reading that the other person was feeling a bit blue and it was all because they were bouncing off each other until they stopped and went, hang on a second, why are you feeling this way? And and they had that real conversation and they said, oh, my gosh, it's our twos coming out here yeah. and we're, they were just feeding off each other's. Um, I'm okay if you're okay. Yeah, exactly. And suddenly it was all fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there's so much understanding that comes with, mm. you know, it, one thing I, I would, um, I guess, like to clarify here is it doesn't make it easier. No, it sometimes can actually make it harder. <laughs> yeah. I think then you kind of rang you and went, "This is this is really challenging." Knowing all of this, yeah, yeah. At first, you can it can be very confronting, and it can Mm. be like, "Oh, I don't like that about myself." But then, it it is freeing Mm. after a period of time. But then you've got to make the choice. So you've got the choice of whether you're just going to keep your old routines going, and there's a price to pay for that, um, or whether you're actually going to um, do the work. And actually try to become more self-aware and then change. Um, I mm. recently had a conversation with a one. Um, I'd, I'd um, passed on a great podcast. Uh, it was just phenomenal for ones. Um, and um, she got quite emotional listening to it and she said, oh, they just read my mail, you know, um, my partner was looking after my child. When I came back in the room, I didn't see see them, um, all the play, all the weekend play that they'd done and how happy, um, you know, the child was and how happy he was. All what I saw was breadcrumbs on the bench top, the laundry not being done, da-da-da-da-da-da. And she was talking about how she... If she didn't change, she would eventually lose her marriage because mm. of this one thing. But then a few months, weeks later when I was talking to her, she said, it's hard though, I don't know that I actually want to do the work. I said, well, there's a price to pay either mm. way. Yep. Um, you, it's like anything, isn't it? You put the work in and you grow and, and there's this fruit in that or if you choose to just keep going the way you're going, there's, there's a price there as well. Yeah. you just got to work out which price you want. Well, that's right. And it is not an easy process. Uh, you don't simply learn this and go, okay, great. I know everything now. I know what I need to do. It's, I'm still learning. Oh, I, and I imagine that we all will for the rest yeah. of our lives. Um, and, you know, when 
Uh, Well, I guess the the next question we should probably answer is, is how do people find out what their personality type is? Because, you know, it's, I found it really interesting um, before we'd done the test, I think for me, it was always pretty clear what I was. Um, And I I didn't have, you know, I wasn't at all surprised. I wasn't at, you know, I wasn't grumpy about it in any way. I was like, yep, all right, that just gives me a bit of understanding. And then I started that journey. With Greg, however, I know that for him, his personality type was very challenging for him. Um, and and for a long time, he really didn't like or accept what that yeah. type was, and he felt that there were more negatives than positives yeah. to it. So sometimes that work can, you know, for me, and and I suppose it's part of that personality type as it is. I was like, great, great, let's move forward and let's work yeah. on what we've got to work on. But for some, you know, I think even the personality type itself can be really hard to know what to do. So I guess the next question is then how does someone accurately assess what they are um, and know for sure that this is my my main personality type yeah. here? Yeah. So it can take it, it can take a while to figure out who you are. Um, and sometimes we can mistype ourselves. Uh, for example, it's very easy for a nine and a two to mistype one another because there's some similarities between between the two. Um so sometimes it can take time, and especially if you haven't done a lot of personal work. So, for example, people who are coming fresh out of trauma, it can be it can take a long time to figure out who you are because you don't know who you are because you've been if you've been in a family violence situation, um, you've lost your sense of identity, you've yeah. lost who you are. So it just takes a number of years to figure out who you are and 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 all that. So it can take time to yeah just figure it out i i find the enneagram um test which i think we'll put a link to in the show notes it's the most accurate one that i know of so um they've just done years and years and years of testing and refining and the algorithms behind it there's just such a science behind it and i haven't yet had anybody who's got their report and then read it and gone oh no that's not me <laughs> and then most of them have gone oh gosh <laughs> they read my mail <laughs> yeah um we will also link um in the show notes or i i just have a um a PDF where you can just ask yourself questions if you don't have the money or you don't want to spend the money on on that test, um, where you can just ask questions. And most people can narrow it down to um, at least one, maybe two um, of the types. So that mm-hmm. sort of then narrows it down a little bit. Um, and there's a great book um, by Ian Morgan Cron called uh, The Road Back to You, mm. and I would just recommend anybody read that. And, again, you'll figure out from that who you are. But it's yeah. like anything, if you want to know who you are, you have to invest, you know. Mm. Um, you have to invest something in yourself. For me, the amount of money that you spend on your any doing the test to discover your Enneagram type pays off dividends like um, my kids reckon it was the best marriage counseling that mm-hmm. ever done yeah. um they've been together i think eight nine years they did the enneagram all of a sudden light bulbs came on and they yeah. went wow this is cheaper than going and having counseling yeah um and i don't know how many times i've heard that from people where they've mm-hmm. gone oh wow it was a big investment but then 
it was worth it. Yeah. And so there are several different versions of this, right? So <clears throat> while there is an investment, there are levels of investment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll put in the show notes, there's the questions you've provided, which people can yeah. uh, grab that for free. That's just a gift that yeah, you've given yeah. us, which is awesome. It, it's, it won't necessarily do the, the full accurate assessment, but at least it's a way to get a bit of an idea. Um, from there, there's two different versions of the test that they can do, right? Yeah, so there's a short um, version where um, it'll give you your basic mm -hmm. and then there's a more comprehensive one, which I just love because it, it gives you, um, uh, it goes right into your communication, how you like to receive feedback, yeah. uh, conflict, what sort of team player you are. Um, it's just such a brilliant report. I, I personally think it takes two years to actually work through the report yeah. um, and to understand everything that it's saying in there. So I, I think that it's just a great investment. I yeah. think it's about $180. Don't yeah, quote it's not, me on It's that. not a crazy amount. I mean, we. Yeah. I think it was about $300 for both Greg and I to do yeah. it. Um, yeah. And, you know, and you get that report and it actually gives you some exercises as well. It shows yeah. you how you interact with the different yeah. Enneagram types, what your wings are, what, you know, the healthy version of you, the unhealthy version yeah. of you, so you can recognise where you are at any given time and you do change yeah. uh, depending on what season you're going through. Um, although I, when I say change, I mean, you go, you fluctuate between healthy, unhealthy. But one question I did want to ask you is, can you change Enneagram type? Uh, well, they say technically no. Um, but you can certainly grow mature <laughs> and lean off and learn. <laughs> so for example, um, for me, my son-in-law is a five and I've found the five the hardest to actually get to know and understand. But one of the things I love about him is his ability to sit back and reflect and then he'll come up with a totally different solution to something. So now I'm finding I'm taking a lot more time in making decisions um, and so I'll actually pull back now because so, I'm trying to learn from him. Yeah because I've seen the benefit of what happens. But then he's also seen the benefit of what happens, sharing gets stuff done. <laughs> so he's trying to um, not be faster but to certainly be more action-oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that thing about learning. And <clears throat> it's interesting what you just say there because I think one of the other things that's been very interesting about, um, you know, doing this in marriage is you also recognise the strength and the, of the other person and the weakness mm. of your personality type. And so there's often scenarios where Greg and I will look at each other and go, I think you need to step in yeah. on this one yeah. and I need to take a little step back because I know and we both know where, you know, for me, for example, if we go into a, you know, a very confrontational situation that is filled with passion and hurt and challenge. Maybe it's with one of the kids. Maybe it's with a situation that's happened with a family member or, or even, you know, let's look at it from a work perspective. Um, you know, one of the things about growing our business and reaching more people, I mean, this podcast is now got over 50,000 listeners every that's single awesome. week, which is amazing. But with that comes... Um, you know, the negative side. And as we've grown, we've started to receive more of that. We get the positive, but we also get the negative. And so Greg has naturally stepped into that space of when we see negative feedback come in, I'm going to shield Sam from that because I know 
how Sam will respond and how she'll take it on versus how he can actually disconnect yeah. from that a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, again, with confrontational situations, it'll often be a matter of Greg will step in first yeah. <laughs> because the, the fire and the passion from Sam sometimes can actually make the situation worse rather than better. But also, you know, when there are projects that we need to get done, Greg will say, I want you to take the lead yeah. on this because I really want this to happen and I know that you'll make it happen. Whereas, you know, he recognises that he'll want to make certain things perfect and he'll be focused yeah. on various different things. So it's good, uh, I think, to recognise that in other people as well as yourself and go, actually, this is not going to be a strength of mine, this particular situation. And I'm really blessed that I have people around me who have a strength that I don't necessarily yeah. have. Um And that I've found very powerful. Yeah. Well, that well. one that you gave about Greg is a classic example <laughs> of Probably one of the um, challenges of being a three is that they struggle to be in touch with their own feelings. Mm. <laughs> but strength of that is is that they can look at negative stuff and be very logical about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And he is quite yeah. great at just writing a response that's really professional yeah, yeah, yeah. without getting really yeah. super offended personally, whereas I read it and I'll just be broken down in tears yeah, in a minute. because you're aware and, of your feelings. Yeah, but I, and I'll want to justify and I'll, and explain and, and, and my energy will go there instead yeah. of focusing on yeah. where it probably should <laughs> be going. So it's, it's a really interesting thing and it's a little bit the same with our team members because they're twos mm -hmm. and it's their job as you know to community management they take care of you guys when you know our members mm -hmm. and you know our subscribers etc it's their job to look after you but when something's not positive they'll pour their heart and soul into making that person happy even when possibly it, that we were never going to be able to do that mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's very difficult I think just by observing a two yeah. Yeah. for them to know when to stop trying to make <laughs> someone else happy yep. and and then focus over you know change their focus and and I've seen them go to great lengths um to please someone that could never have been pleased yeah definitely um, but, you know, I wouldn't have recognised that no. without knowing the Enneagram. The Enneagram. So um, there's those three tests. So we'll put those in the show notes yeah. so people can choose to do the free download with the questions that you've given. They can do, they can click on the link and do the cheaper version or the full report, which is what Greg and I have done and I highly recommend yeah. it. And that's that's the one that you talked about yeah. is, is really comprehensive. There uh, is also, and, and I do personally recommend this because um, it's one thing to get the report, but it's another thing to actually work through it, um, particularly if you are in a marriage situation or a partnership situation where you're wanting to really, uh, you know, understand each other a little bit better, and that is to go through a, I guess, counselling is probably not the right word here, is it? It's more of a like a guidance um, support system that you because we actually worked with you yeah. and we purchased like a coaching would probably be a better way of putting yeah, it, yeah. a coaching package to go with that so that we could um, get some support and help from you yeah. to help us work through what we've now learned yeah so that's an option people could look at doing yeah as well, yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah that's an option we can do mentoring we can do it on zoom or whatever you know, whatever the technology is that people have. <laughs> so because we've got people all over the world. So if somebody yeah. wants to do that with you, Sharon, yeah, yeah. you do have some availability to have those sessions yeah, yeah, with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of clients that are in the US and one um, that's in the UK. Yeah. So, so we'll put some technology, isn't it? 
It is the beauty. And it's one of the things I love about where we're at now is that we can literally connect with anyone from anywhere around the world. So we'll put that link as well for people to yep. contact you. Should they want to do that process, yep. they can can do that with yep. you personally. Um, and so I guess the other thing I just want to kind of walk through here is if people want to on their own learn a little bit more about the Enneagram itself. You know, you talked about the Ian Morgan Cron book, yep. uh, which is great. There's also, there are also some great podcasts out there. Yeah. So Ian, Ian's got a great podcast. The thing that I like about Ian is, is that um, he laughs a lot, tells a great story, <laughs> very earthy. Um, and he, he's also a, a trained um, uh, psychotherapist as well. So he's kind of got that background as well. So it keeps everybody safe. Um so that is called Typology, that podcast. Um, yeah, and I just kind of think it's a great yeah. way to enter into because they're always um, just interviewing ordinary people. And so sometimes they know they're Enneagram type, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you just learn lots from that yeah particular podcast there are other podcasts but they're more academic or they're more yeah. you know i did really enjoy that podcast and actually i actually uh listened to the audio book uh through audible of the road back to you but also yeah. the road back to us um and what i loved about that one was it talked about and helped me identify the different enneagram types in the people around me yes um and so it talks about how you could recognize um uh, various personalities and they actually in that he does it with um another woman as yes. well yeah. um and she gives a lot of examples of actual scenarios and stories to help understand ah okay that's yeah. yes and and through that i was able to recognize our kids my mum, you know, and, and my dad yeah. you know i was able to kind of piece some of those together and it's actually changed the way that i interact yeah, with those okay. people a little bit more now because i look at something and go ah that's yeah, that's, that's the peacemaker mind. coming out in my mum right now. Yeah. Well, that's the one coming out in my sister. Um, and it, it gives you that sense of grace and understanding rather than a sense of, oh, that just annoys me yeah. about that person. Suddenly it's a, that's who they are. That's yeah. part of who they are. Yeah. Um, so that was actually something I wanted to ask you just as we sort of start to wrap up. And I want to get to our four fun questions because they're always my favourites. But how can someone identify the Enneagram type in somebody else without that, if that person's not willing to necessarily do a test? Yeah, so you have to be careful with that. Um, you can kind of say they seem to be presenting in a certain way, but we don't actually know what the motivation is mm. underneath. Um, so, for example, I can look like a three in, in the way in which I go about my work and that. But my actual motivation is the thing that drives me is the story that I learned that unless I look after everybody else, I'm not lovable. Yeah. And that's the stuff that you can't see. Yeah. Um, so whilst you can kind of go, oh, they seem to be presenting like this without them actually knowing you actually can't know. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a really difficult one. And, and I think even in the identifying of family members, I'm able to see certain things, but you're often pinpointing things that come up when they're not at their best or when they're yeah. at their very best because they're the highs and lows. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's like an ongoing observation probably is. So it just enables you to have a conversation. Mm. Yeah. It does. And, you know, I actually asked 
our family members to do a test. Um, some of them were willing, some weren't. Um, but the thing is that the more people you get to do that or the more people you learn from that have done it, it also helps you better understand others a little bit more totally, as well. Totally, totally. Um, yeah. which, which is very interesting. Um, but I did notice, and you've got to be a little bit careful with the free assessments because our kids then got quite into yeah, it okay. and started doing them, which was great. But they did them three or four times over a six-month period and it came up differently every time. Yeah. So don't. Without doing an official test, you don't want to put too much emphasis, I don't think, no. on. Um, I mean, that's the same with Myers-Briggs and DISC. There's, there's yeah. some freebies out there. And they're kind of sometimes, you know, you can luck and land on the right one and then yeah. other times. Well, and also teenagers are still evolving yeah. and emerging. So. <laughs> they, well, they are. And, and that was the other thing I was going to ask is, are we all born with our Enneagram type? Uh, I think that we, we are born. It's both a genetic, it's both a nature thing and a nurture thing. So mm -hmm. we probably have a disposition when we're born, um, but then I do think that life shapes our story. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the things that happen to us and the way we interpret the world around us, it just shapes, it just shapes who we are. Yeah. I yeah. would totally agree with that. So I think this has been a really fascinating chat. And I know this has probably left a lot of people with lots of questions. And if you're anything like me and you're listening right now, you are fascinated by this. And I, I really, I, I can't recommend enough doing this process. If nothing else, just for you, it, you know, even if you've got a partner and you're thinking, I wish they could do it, you know, worry less about the other people and focus on what you can learn about you because that will change the way that you interact. It will also change the way that you both have grace for yourself but grace for others. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've, I've mentioned that one of the things I recognised about myself after doing this was how I can be perceived. Um, and so it allowed me to tailor a little bit more, and, and I don't get it right by any stretch of the imagination, but tailor a little bit more my response or my behaviour knowing that it's not the way that everybody operates. Yeah. And um, and I think that's, you know, it's a really powerful thing to be learning. But but doing things like the podcasts, listening to things, reading these books, it's fascinating, but it, it is part of that growth process yeah. and really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Sharon, I've got to ask the question now. I know we've already listed off a couple of books here, but I do want to ask what's your favourite book to add to our Accelerator book list? We love hearing our guests' favourite books and, as you've seen, my library out here in the hallway, um, I am a prolific book collector, yeah. so keen to hear what your favourite book is. Oh, well, uh, that's probably a hard question, um, but you had The Atomic Habits out there. I did with James I love, yes. I love that one. I, I thought that that was just amazing yes that one yeah yeah and that apart was... from that i just on the enneagram it would be just the road back to you yeah i can't think what his latest one was but anyway. he's got multiple doesn't yeah, he because it's yeah. yeah when you do look him author. up yeah i actually for that reason like to listen to the audio version there's yeah. some books i find a better audio versus yeah. reading and it's one of those ones i really enjoyed listening to the the audio book yeah. and i actually did it i did a, a you know big long 10k walk yeah. one day and listened to almost the whole thing in just yeah. one go and you know, my walk got longer and longer because yeah. I didn't want to stop listening. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good one. Um, Sharon, if you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, for me, it would be the ability to become love, not to do loving things but to be love so that in any given situation you could, um, for me it's about um, 
being like Jesus who just seemed to know what to say and what to how to be with people Mm -hmm. um i i still find in this crazy world it's hard to listen it's hard to stop it's hard to give the gift of presence and and witness so for me yep i would just want to become love oh that's a good one i love that (laughs) i love that (laughs) and your favorite quote uh, it's one by um, Bob Goff, and um, he says, men and women were um, created to work together, uh, not separate work, but together work. Um, it's a way of love, which is the most powerful, um, it's the most powerful thing we have on the planet. And I just um, think if men and women, if we could just learn how to work together, understand one another, be compassionate, I think that we could come up with a lot more positive solutions to some of the challenges that are happening in our world. Take out power, (laughs) ego, all that sort of stuff. Just partnership, um, understanding who we are. Yeah, I think there'd be a lot more positive creativity that's happening in the world. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's so true. And the last one, definitely my favourite question of all, Mm -hmm. if you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? Um, For me it would be, um, and this is going to be a funny one for a two, would be to trust your gut and not to allow shame Mm -hmm. um, to silence you. For me menopause was a great gift. So I actually think that um, (laughs) it's God's way of making sure that his girls speak up and um, really find their key work and voice to do so. I, th- I think it's a protective thing because I think, you know, you, in, in your teens um, there's a lot going on, but, you know, you are in touch with some of that dreamy stuff, that vision mm. of who you want to be, but then life happens and as women we tend to um, – submerge a lot of that stuff (laughs) and then menopause comes along and it forces you you know all these emotions come up um, because of the hormones etc but it's also deeper than that it's just like in in teens um, just because your body is changing hormonally doesn't mean that it's just a medical thing that's happening or a biological thing there's actually really deep identity work that's Mm -hmm. happening in your teens and it's the same with in your second half of life um, and so for me, looking back, I, the one thing I would want to say to the younger version of me is not to shut up on those core things mm. that you felt passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Stay true. <laughs> such an amazing and very, very important point. And I feel like particularly, and this was one of the things I really noticed by through doing this Enneagram exercise was there was so much that even as a teenager, you start to get beaten down. Yeah. Um, life Shame, kind of so beats painful. you down. Right. Um, and you really do learn to disconnect from those parts of yourself that really truly make you who you are and um you know doing this exercise or you know understanding a little bit more through the enneagram was a really great way of understanding you know particularly when you lose that sense of self and you, you think who am i and how do i show up in the world authentically is understanding what what makes you you yeah 
And, you know, a lot of that discovery process, I know particularly for me, and I think you've just, you know, reiterated that with your own um, process of discovery is that a lot of the things that make us um, who we are and special and unique are the very things that that get suppressed as yeah. we go through life um, and learning to to love those things yeah. about ourselves and let them back out, um, you know, is is a really empowering process. Yeah. Um, very empowering challenging sometimes yeah. but empowering yeah so oh look thank you so much for coming in that's today, right Sharon. thanks for having me <laughs> it's yeah. been great doing this yeah. in person it's so unusual I don't often get to do this so um it's the two of me I just <laughs> well, you messaged and I said, it's, we do this, you know, um, uh, via, uh, Zoom or online. And she said, no, 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 let's do this in person. I was like, well, that's a great concept. We do live in the same town. We could. Um, no, I think it's really beautiful that we're able to do yeah. this together and the perfect topic to talk about together as well. So yeah, I think, yeah. um, you know, just, I really encourage our listeners, you know, if, if this is, is sort of sounded like, Hey, this is something I really want to investigate further. You know, go in and do one of those assessments. Um, invest in yourself, you know, with that time. Yes, the, you know, a couple of those examples do have some financial commitment to them, but they are so worth it. And, um, of course, if you do have the time and you want to reach out to Sharon and, and get some coaching with her as well, probably the most, you know, and I would agree with what your kids have said, it was better than any other marriage counselling we did. And, and any time that we do talk to anybody now, we always lead with, so we've done the Enneagram and I'm an eight and he's a three. <laughs> and most people look at us uh, like, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like how could any counsellor not understand this because it feels so, once you know it, it feels like it's so yeah. critically important. Um, so, yeah, thank you so That's much right. for, for shedding some light. It on. was good. We had fun. <laughs> we did have fun. And thank you again to all of our beautiful listeners for joining us again this week. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode. I know it's been a little bit uh, different to our normal episodes, but I really think both in business, personally, in relationships, you know, even when it comes to working with your team, this is such an important thing to remember is that we all shop in the world differently and having grace for yourself as much as th those around you is really powerful and really important. So thank you for tuning in again we love you guys we appreciate you and if you've loved this episode you know the drill uh please subscribe but also you know share this with somebody if if this has spoken to you and you think it could be really useful for somebody else um that's on your heart you know share this episode with them uh let them have a listen and and perhaps you know they might also um get the gift of learning a little bit more about themselves as well so thank you again have an amazing week and bye for now Hi. <laughs> if you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.